to Wrestling Retold and Relive with Richie Mars. I, of course, am your gracious host, Richie Mars. Thank you all for joining me today. And again, you can always follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Retold Richie Mars. And I'm here with another guest, a repeat guest. You might have known him from The Undertaker, The Streak episode back in the archives. and But now he's back to talk about the big gold belt, the World Heavyweight Championship in WWE. And of course, it's his second time. And of course, with all second time guests, he gets a nickname. So welcome back, Seth, Captain Classic himself. Nice. Thank you, Rich. I'm glad to be back. Glad to be a two-time, two-time co-host on the show with you. Ah, thank you for joining me here today. And we got a lot to talk about, about this new World Heavyweight Championship that Seth Rollins won. So how do you feel about Seth being the quote-unquote first champ, uh, the first World Heavyweight Champion in WWE? Well, I think we were, t- you know, we were talking about this before. It's a beautiful belt, you know. Agreed. Um, I like how they put the, uh, you know, the homages to the past on there, the winged eagle tips, you know, the, uh, the brass ring ropes, the tributes to the McMahon family with their crest. Um, I like it. Would have, I think I, we were talking before, I, I kind of wish they would have continued the legacy a little bit of the big gold belt. But, uh, you know, I like, I like, I think Seth was a good, you know, Seth or AJ, you couldn't have gone wrong with either. Yeah. And it's definitely interesting that they pick two guys in the final. Well, one being a SmackDown guy when it's a Raw belt, but we're not here to talk about the <laughs> enormous amount of potholes WWE has right now. I'm okay. And you know what, though? I mean, listen, would it, would it have killed them if AJ would have won and then, gone to gone to that brand no you know no. it's just, just to me the... listen listen and i know we don't want to get into this now but would it kill them if the belts don't move shows the people do and you know what if you're the wwe let's just say i don't know talk about belts the smackdown women's champion i don't know that belt stays on smackdown you defend it on smackdown and when you lose it you go back to your other show would, would it kill them you know, it's just one of those things, as tale as old as time, that yeah. we're not going to, we keep questioning it, we're not going to get the answers that are satisfying our needs. We do not. Nope. <laughs> Listen, we're just fans. We just work yeah. here. But but I, as I was saying, it's interesting that Seth and AJ were the finals of those two, because both of them technically haven't lost to Roman Reigns during this run, which begs the question, and we talked about this off air, do you consider this a consolation prize championship? I I I, I kind of do, but not because it's like, hey, but it's more the way they presented it, you know? And I think that's kind of, you know, that when Triple H came out that night on Raw and he's like, Roman's a great champion. He's coming up on a thousand days. No one was able to beat him. So we created a new title and it's going to be on the other show for everybody else now. Um, I just feel like the way they presented it kind of made it seem a little bit like a consolation prize. Um, but, you know, I think the way they're working it, you know, that, you know, this, they'll build it up, um, especially if Roman is entangled in, in his own mess right now with the bloodline. You know, um, if he's not really, you know, if he's not in a big match against, you know, anyone right now, then, you know, then the world title is, is in a good spot. You know, because I think, you know, if you have Roman defending on any show, well, he's going to be the main event in the free, featured match. So I think, you know, 
give a, give a couple, you know, a little bit of a shine on the next couple of shows to the world title. And maybe it'll take that feeling of a consolation prize away. Yeah. Um, well, I would have liked, I would say I would have liked maybe a little, you know, a little bit more, maybe have Rome, Roman mate, and, you know, maybe Roman competes for it at some point and, you know, tries to unify it, you know, may, you know, maybe that may, adds a little bit of credibility to it. I don't know. What do I know? Like I said, I just work here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, it, it, there's a lot of different uh, options they have and hopefully they make one that satisfies the masses creativity. Right. At least that speaking. I mean, but, part of me thinks up, oh, I, I was going to say part of me almost thinks feels like this title was done to satisfy, you know, the, the, uh, the, the masses who were always complaining that Roman wasn't on every show. Yeah. But now you we're going to have uh, different complaints of people yes. just being <laughs> like, it's only a consolation prize championship. Well, again, it goes back to the argument. Does the title make the guy or does the guy make the title? And this is a situation where the guy has to make the title. And like you and I believe, we both believe Seth Rollins is a fantastic choice to carry right. that championship to whatever mm -hmm. happens with it. I mean, now, so are we going to see, you know, are they going to go back to the Survivor Series brand versus brand? Are we going to see Roman versus whoever the championship champion is, you know, at Survivor Series this year? Are they going back to that? Again, Will, there's you know, a lot of questions. You yeah. Know. I mean, listen, there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot of creative freedom right now. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing. Speaking you know? of creative freedom, there was a lot of creative freedom for the big gold belt in WWE, especially its first incarnation into the WWE, which we're talking about when Ric Flair brought the real world heavyweight championship to WWE in 1991. After his contract expired with WCW, he was world champion, couldn't come to an agreement. But since at the time, WCW and NWA were still affiliated with each other. Ric Flair held on to the preconceived notion that NWA, all NWA champions, hold the physical belt until they get their deposit of $25,000 plus interest if they were to drop the belt to the next champion. Ric Flair didn't get that, so he said, see y'all later took the real-world heavyweight championship with him to WWE TV and debuted in WWE. Now, at this time, were you aware of Ric Flair's world heavyweight championship reign, and what do you remember of Ric Flair ending his run on WCW and bringing his world title to WWE at that time? So, I was aware. You know, I, you know we weren't aware back then you know, in, in, in the early 90s of all the backstage happenings. Uh, it's not like today where, you know, everything's reported, mm -hmm. you know, uh, true or false, you know. But back then, you know, pretty much if you saw it on TV, it was it was, it was happening. Um, if you didn't see it on TV, it was behind closed door doors, you know. Um, there was no, you know, 1991, 92, there was no internet. And, um, you know, so growing up, I'd watch WWF Saturday mornings. I'd watch NWA Saturday nights at 6.05 on TBS. You know, I love Flair. I love the Horsemen. I loved Hulk Hogan and, you know, Superstars of Wrestling and Sundays you had Wrestling Challenge. So, you know, and, and the Pro Wrestling Illustrated and all the, all the wrestling magazines always had the dream match. What if you have Hogan versus Flair and Flair versus WWF versus NWA? It was always, it was always there. When I was watching... 
And again, at the time, you know, you know, Flair, Flair didn't show up on it. You know, was was wasn't on a pay per view, and he shows up on WWF TV. And like I said, you don't know what's happening behind the scenes. You know, all the stuff you were just talking about would have been news to me at the time. You know, all I know is I'm looking up and I see Ric Flair showing up on WWF TV, and he's got the belt, which they blurred, so you couldn't, you know. So it, you know, and I think it was after the first episode that he was on. I don't think the first episode it wasn't blurred, but you know, eventually they started blurring it probably because they didn't want to get a lawsuit. But you know, I, I just remember showing up there saying he was the real world champion, affiliated with Bobby the Brain Heenan, and uh, that's where where Bobby started saying everything. Everyone had to be fair to Flair, fair to Flair, and uh, you know, it I, it was great. You know, it really was, and uh, you know, you're finally going to get the Hogan Flair match. You know. Um, and the fact that he's coming out with that belt, it, it kind of makes it seem like it was almost like, almost like a little mini invasion. Yeah. That's exactly what it felt like at that time, a mm-hmm. miniature WCW, WCW invasion to the WWF champion, which would lead to this mega match of Hogan versus Ric Flair to put it in perspective, how big this would be. This would be like Roman Reigns taking on the current AEW champion. Ugh. MJF, if you want to make that comparison, if this were to happen to today, not comparing the star levels, but just like one top champion going to another brand with that championship, which is kind of the story they're kind of playing with MJF right now, whether it will happen or not, who's to say? Let's yeah, let's not even right. Yeah, I'm just comparing the situations, not whose star is burning brighter at this time, but Ric Flair was still in his prime. Hulk Hogan was still mm-hmm. in the prime. They were like the tail ends of their respective primes. Yeah. And amazingly, that match, you know, didn't even take place at WrestleMania 8, which everyone thought it would. You and know, the reason why, at least what I read, were they did house show matches. Mm-hmm. I believe they did them in California and one or two big markets. And they it was one of the they had they had one at the garden. Mm-hmm. I was there. Oh really? Um, yeah, yeah. We used to go. I my dad used to take me, take me and my friends. We used to go to the Coliseum all the time. You know, every now and then, if it was a vacation or something, and it wasn't a you know, uh, you know, it, it was doable. We'd go to the Garden. So, you know, that that was they had they had it. Like I said, it was definitely one at the Garden. Um, because I definitely remember seeing that. It had, but I think if I remember correctly, didn't didn't flare. End up well. Flair ended up costing Hulk the title um, against the Undertaker. Yeah, and then, then this Tuesday Hogan in Texas, beat, yeah, Hogan then beat Taker, and then the title was held up for the Royal Rumble, which Flair would eventually win. And the reason why that happened was because they wanted to do this whole champion versus champion story. Right. But again, the whole lawsuit that was impending because yep. again, that's WCW's image on the image. belt and. And, and then they, they ended up dropping the big gold belt at that point, too. Yeah, because first it was the big gold belt. Then they digitized it, but mm-hmm. Turner wasn't happy about that. Nope. Then they decided to give Ric Flair an old world tag team title belt. And you can yes. still see pictures online, and they would digitize that. They still yep. weren't happy about that. And then they're like, all right, guess we'll just have Flair win the WWE <laughs> championship and then kind of like continue the story that way. But then we switched because of the house show numbers, the market, whatever you want to say it, 
they thought that a better alternative would be Ric Flair versus Macho Man and Hogan versus Sid and Sid. Hogan's yeah. quote-unquote retirement match. Correct. Um, I mean, listen, we all have our feelings on it. You know, I mean, I was, I was a young kid. It was WrestleMania. I liked it either way, you know, uh, looking back. Do you think it was like one of the biggest missed opportunities? In yeah. Wrestling? Oh yeah. I mean, to me, I, I don't see how you, it with everything, you know, for years of seeing, you know, dream match Hogan flair. I don't see how that they don't make that the main event of WrestleMania. Um, I can tell you today that would be a main event of a WrestleMania. Um, but again, it, who knows? And like I said, there could have been backstage politics involved in this too that we don't, you know. I always say if we're not there, we don't know the full story. Right. Um, you know, um, Sid was, you know, was they, they, they were trying to get him as, as, as the rising star, you know, with Hogan, you know, taking time off. You know, Macho Man. You know, we always, you know, he's back. He was out of retirement, you know. Um, but even Macho, you know, Macho Man, um, trying to think. Did he go into that WrestleMania? See, I'm saying, I don't even remember. Did he go into WrestleMania as the champion or was he challenging Flair? He was challenging. He was. Because he wins, Macho Man ends up winning it at Summer. Uh, no, he did. He won it. He went into SummerSlam as the champion. Yeah. So he won it at WrestleMania, mm -hmm. and then and then they, that was the year they did the UK. They did Wembley, yeah. and then right, and that was going in was the story of you know who's uh you know you know who, who's who's um who's gonna get help from Ric Flair. You know, Ric Flair wasn't even wrestling, but was he gonna help the Ultimate Warrior or was he gonna help uh, the Macho Man? Right, and then ended up being neither. You know, but that was the whole story. And then if I remember, and then didn't Flair win the title back? on that European tour, but it wasn't even on TV. Like it was. Yeah. It was some, it was some weird kind of thing. I think yeah. Flair wrote it in his book that it was the only time he was asked to redo a match because they were taping. Right. And it was when Savage was dropping the title back to Flair mm -hmm. and then Vince was angry at it and then had them do it again because he didn't like how, like someone was selling something off and then Flair felt very embarrassed. He felt very hurt by it. And Ric Flair is a very sensitive man. Mm -hmm. So that kind of was almost the beginning of the end of the relationship at that time for Ric Flair in WWE. But with all that happening, the belt was there. <laughs> belt was there for that yep. amount of time. And we wouldn't see it again until the invasion angle. Yes. In 2001, the WCW ECW contingent, See the alliance. The Shane. yeah, Shane bought WCW, and he brought all, not all. Well, well not some, all. <laughs> some of the the, the willing superstars. We'll, we'll say the willing participants. Yeah, the the ones that accepted the buyout of their contract. Yes. And wasn't so wasn't and Booker T was the champion at that point. He was WCW champion and the United and, States champion. Yes. Mm hmm. He had both. And then uh, that's this is where things start getting a little wonky, right? Because that would, like, I think he dropped it to The Rock. He dropped it to Kurt actually first. Yes. And, and Kurt. then Kurt dropped it back. Yep. To Booker, and then Booker dropped it to The Rock. Yep. And then Rock dropped it to Jericho. Jericho dropped it to Rock, and then finally Jericho unified the championship in one night. Yeah. So sound confusing? It does to us too. 
<laughs> like I said, we're, we're two huge wrestling fans and we're, we're trying to piece this together too. How confusing was the invasion angle for you as someone who was actively watching at this time? Uh, where is everybody? You know, <laughs> you know, wait a second, you know, Buff Bagwell isn't the biggest star in WCW. Like, Where's Scott Steiner? Where's Goldberg? Where's, you know, where's Sting? Like, where, where, like, this could, where's the NWO? Like, this could have been awesome if the big players were were there. Look, the big players eventually showed up on their own time. Right. You know, I, you know, I did like how they tied the ECW in, Mm -hmm. but um, I think that obviously that had to be done because they needed the star power. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I listen, I liked it. Um, but I think this kind of goes to what we were talking about before with, with the, you know, the invasion angle and the influx of championships. And it was almost like, hey, you have a championship and you have a championship and everyone gets a championship. championship. And that and that big gold belt was bouncing around, you know, the, like I said, you know, listening to Howard Finkel say there was a new WCW champion you know, on a Monday Night Raw was was uh, was always interesting. Even Jericho wrote in his book saying he's like, I eventually won the WCW championship. The ironic thing is I had to leave WCW in order to get the WCW yeah. championship. So it didn't make a whole lot of sense on these title changes. They're not no. WCW sanctioned shows. They're WWE sanctioned. It was a lot of confusing mm-hmm. influx at that time. And right. Imagine if you're watching a baseball game and everybody has the same jersey on. And you're like, which, who's who's playing for what team? Everyone has the Yankees pinstripes. And you're waiting for those big-time players. But you're not sure what side they're on. So everything is just all in kerfuffle. Yeah. <laughs> kerfuffle. Yeah. But Jericho eventually unifies the WWE Championship and the yes. World Heavyweight Championship. So he would be carrying around that championship belt, yes. the big gold belt around with him. Now, at this time, did you expect them to continue on the lineage of the World Heavyweight Championship? Because at this time, once the invasion ended and then everything was just under the WWE banner, they just said, it's not the WCW World Championship anymore. It's now the World Championship. Championship. Did, you expect, did you expect them to keep that or did you expect the Unified Championship well, to be unified so soon? You know, so... I, it went to knowing that Vince owned WCW. Mm-hmm. I kind of did think they were going to continue the lineage since they owned it. Right. It wasn't like the, you're not, you're not violating any copyright laws. Right. If Vince owns all that WCW, um, if you go back to 93, when that belt was finally returned to them, they did. You know, WCW had their WCW championship, but when that big gold belt went back, when Flair went back, that belt became the International World Heavyweight Championship. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it didn't have lineage, right? And it had been a world ch- considered a world championship before. So, yeah, I did think they were going to continue the lineage. Um, and then Jericho, he had both titles. Triple H then at WrestleMania 18, he did beat him. And he held up both world titles. And then it was during Triple H's reign where they then merged them and made one unified title. And I think that's that's where we lose the big gold belt for a while. 
Yeah, where was what was your thought on that new undisputed championship? It was just get another new belt. Yeah. You know, and like we were saying, we were talking about this before off air. You know, to me, belts belts have history. You know, and you know, there's something to be said for for having a belt, looking at it, knowing who has held it, and being like, wow, you know, now now Richie, you're the champ, and you got you're holding the same belt, you know, that. The, the, the legends have held, you know, I know it's, that's how I felt when I was, you know, telling you last summer when I was at um, Starcast mm-hmm. and I got to take pictures and hold that big gold belt. I'm sitting here saying to myself, I'm legit taking pictures with a belt, the same belt that was worn by legends, you know, and Pretty when they cool make feeling. new belts, yeah. And when you make new belts, you don't have that feeling. Right. You know? Now it's up to the, like we were saying before, now it's the guy that has to make this championship. But the big gold belt wouldn't disappear for long. No, no. So, so let's set this up. So now, since WWE doesn't have competition anymore, they split the brands, Raw, mm-hmm. SmackDown, different rosters, different championship. And the Undisputed Champion would hop between both shows. Which is how it should still be. <laughs> it will be like that for long. No. <laughs> no, it's not. It didn't work so, back then either. So the week before, Triple H pins The Undertaker to become the number one contender for the Undisputed Championship. Mm-hmm. However, General Manager Stephanie McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, Helmsley, yes, Helmsley, <laughs> takes Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman and says they signed an exclusive contract to SmackDown, so they're not obligated not to, to wrestle in a yes. Raw. So the next week, since Triple H is all in a huff because he won the number one contendership, he should get a shot at the title. But Eric Bischoff, who's the Raw general manager, gives him the next best thing, and that is the big gold championship. And now he's recognized as the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. How did you feel how this was all handled? Do you think because Triple H beat The Undertaker the week prior that it kind of negates the criticism that he was just handed the championship on raw or do you think because they didn't announce anything like that beforehand that it just kind of cheapens his uh lineage as the first world champion i uh, you know listen i was i was a little surprised at it you know that they just hand at the time they're like here you go you're a champion um it the way they did it worked you know even if but could they have done a one night tournament even you know and Triple H automatically is in the finals since he was the number one contender. You know, I mean, they could have done it, you know. Um, but, I mean, looking back, I mean, do we really, you know, when we think back, do do we do people really sit there and say, well, Triple H was handed it or Triple H was the first world champion in WWE, you know. And I think I think for the most part, we, we remember his run, you know, more importantly than we, we remember him being handed the championship from Bischoff. Um, and let's you know, talk about that run because his run has been widely criticized. They, they call it the reign of terror. They call it pretty much one, one of the couple worst world heavyweight championship runs in the world. And who's, we're talking about, who's they? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just talking about the criticism that was. Who's, who's they? I know yeah. you're a triple H fan, but let, let, <laughs> let me finish about some of the criticisms we got here. Go for it. So at the time, we're, we're going to go in order here. Go for at it. At the time for this is during Triple H's first world title run. He 
His first defense was against Rob Van Dam, who was, at this point, probably the most popular star on Monday Night Raw. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were pulling for RVD to beat Triple H for the World Heavyweight Championship since he was over with the fans, over with the crowd. But then Triple H beat him. And then he didn't get another shot, even though Ric Flair cost RVD the championship. And then we get to Katie Vick, which, fun fact, by the way, apparently the whole Katie Vick storyline was brought up by Brian Gewertz because Vince said, what if Kane turns out to be a murderer? And they came up with the name Vick because there was a developmental wrestler named Scott Vick who was making his debut soon. He he never debuted (laughs) because (laughs) the story was so bad. So they dropped that story and then Triple H beat Kane. Didn't at that point then Kane and RVD become a tag team? Yeah, so it was this perception that once you face Triple H, you're going to go lower on the card and lower in a lower popularity position than you were before. You can't beat the man. <laughs> but you as a Triple H fan, what do you say about those criticisms of the reign of terror, as they call it? As a Triple H fan, he would he was to WWE at that time, the leader of evolution. He was to them what Ric Flair was back in the NWA, WCW, as the leader of the horsemen, you know? Not every win is going to be pretty, but you can't have, you know, there's something to be said about the champion not losing the championship every time he defends it. You know, the champion has to have victories and the champion has to have victories over credible opponents. You know, it's, you could make the same argument to all the people that are complaining today that Cody didn't win at WrestleMania, you know, not everyone's going to win the championship on their first, their first time out. You know, and it's part of the storyline of, you know, how they're going to make it back to the top. Some people do. Some people don't. Yeah. You know, RVD, you know, made, you know, he, he, he was on top. I mean, he, he had th- those matches with John Cena, you know. Um, it, also took him, it also took him four years to get back up to that point. True. You know, and it was very popular it, in the team scene. Yeah, it, it's just one of those things where striking when the iron's hot can be a good thing and i agree with you they don't need to win on the first attempt but it all has to be a part of a larger story and it seems like they would discontinue those stories for certain wrestlers when they were arguably at their highest peak of popularity right you know i mean if i remember correctly triple h he did i mean he didn't hold on to that title very long and he did lose it um in the first elimination chamber he did, and then he went back about 28 days later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then yeah. this is like the real reign of terror, which is ironic because all of Triple H's defenses, at least singles, one-on-one defenses, featured WCW stars. Was the irony not lost on you that they were trying to make this World Heavyweight Championship by defeating pretty much everybody who held on to that title in a different company uh, you know they, they you know they, they definitely were trying to get their title back and the irony was definitely there um you know it seemed like whenever anybody came in from wcw later on um 
they, you know, they were thrust into that championship match with Triple H and they never, they never won. Um, you know, I mean, Goldberg eventually did. Scott mm-hmm. Steiner did not. Um, trying to think who else, you know. The, the Booker T one is a big one. Booker T, yeah, I mean, the, listen. The fan base, you know, and Booker, I, 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 I was think. always surprised that Booker T didn't, you know, get, get that WrestleMania moment. Uh, that, that was surprising to me. And especially um, how he lost it, too, because I think it was a pedigree, and then it was 30 seconds in between the pedigree and the cover. Right. And, of course, there were, like, a bunch of racial undertones that were thrown around that storyline, and... It was just felt when wrestling is supposed to be an escape and it has yes. something that's so real with the payoff not happening the way it should have yeah. happened. It's just not a good look for the championship or the people involved. You can make the argument that a Booker T victory would have been a, a perfect, you know, you know, it would have been a perfect come full circle moment, you know. Because here's Booker T, who came in with Shane as the WCW champion, mm-hmm. you know, also the U.S. champion, but he came in with Shane, you know, with this new WCW group as the champion, and then he lost it, and then he won it, then he lost it. But for him to come back, then, you know, a few years later and get the WrestleMania moment to to win the title from Triple H, who had beaten all those other guys to hold on to it. To me, it would have been a com- you know it would have been a perfect coming full circle moment, you know, um, and it would have made it would have made Booker T you know a strong champion too. Not saying he never he wasn't a strong champion, but you know, for for the fans that didn't follow WCW, it may not have known who he was until he showed up, mm-hmm. you know, because you know, you know, I always say to people, you, you can't assume that everybody watches every wrestling program. And there, right. there might have been some people when Shane brought in all these WCW guys who might have said, who is this Booker T guy? Mm-hmm. You know, who is this Goldberg guy who's coming in? Right. You know, and and it could be part of the reason. I don't know. I'm like I said, I'm not creative. That could be part of the reason why they chose not to, you know, not, not to drop the title to all those guys right away. Right. You know, but I think after then becoming a legit star in the company, Winning the you know winning the right to have that match at WrestleMania would have been a great stage for for Booker T you know at WrestleMania 19 to get that win. Yeah. And I definitely think criticisms with the Reign of Terror, as they again they call it, you, yeah, Triple, H's, was... tri- Triple H's second run as the World Championship and first, it seemed like the stars that faced after the fact were never as popular as they were once the storyline happened. And it just goes back to a, a creative problem that they didn't have the foresight to keep up with that momentum and B with triple H during this time, he did have a severe, I want to say it was a groin injury that kept him from performing as well as he could have. And he was, cause he was taped up a, a bunch too. And he had like those weird Biker like shorts the, too. The biker shorts cup, yes. Yeah. And you're like, why is he wearing red biker shorts? Yeah, and it was just such a weird vibe, which yes. bra- begs me to ask you the question. If they're trying to get this championship off the ground and you have your guy, which is Triple H, whether you agree with it or not, mm-hmm. 
is it wise to keep the championship on him when he's obviously hurt and should probably heal? Would it have killed anybody to to have him drop the title? So he, sorry, so he could have rested up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. Would have been would have been a perfect time, you know, for him to take a couple of weeks or a couple of months off, you know, rest yeah. up, and then come back. Because guess what? In the long run, he would have gotten the title back, and they would have been in the same spot anyway. A couple months later. Yeah, but absolutely. in the meantime, he could have had time to rest. Booker could have had time, you know, to shine. I mean, Booker did go on and win that title a few more times. You know, I believe he had it on the SmackDown brand. He, he had it in 06, yeah. Yeah. But a win at WrestleMania would have solidified, you know, mm-hmm. a, an already Hall of Fame career. You know, yeah. um, you know, but yeah, you know, then, you know, Triple H, you know, you could tell, you know, if you remember, I mean, it wasn't, he, he had those nagging injuries. He was in there with guys like Scott Steiner and, and Goldberg, Goldberg was the was the um, elimination chamber match, and Kevin Nash, all Kevin, who who were yeah. arguably arguably very limited. Yeah, of course, mm-hmm. them not being active in a while. Kevin Nash coming off a quad injury, mm-hmm. Scott Steiner coming off a long layoff, Triple Goldberg H coming off a layoff. Yep, and Triple H is a few years away from his second quad injury. Mm-hmm. You know, because he was in between quad injuries at this point. Uh, they go to WrestleMania twenty. And that's where you had a great main event for that title with the tr- the three way with Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and, and Chris Benoit, and that was a big crowning achievement for Benoit too because he did hold the big gold belt in WCW, yeah. but then he left the next night. So this was another like Coming. you were saying before with Booker T, like a full circle was, moment. That yeah, it happened to Booker, but it happened for Benoit. And that image of him and Eddie in the ring together, I mean, that was so that would that was signal signaling this this change change in this, this new new this new dawn the the, the new the changing of the guard of yeah you don't need to be 6 250 to be a world champion now you could be under six foot and 200 you could have legitimately the best match on the card and still be at that top spot which do you think that was the turning point of the world heavyweight championship and the wwe championship when guys like eddie and chris held the belt and now it almost seems like wow now anybody can win this championship and what do you think that does to the value of it well i think i think it made it i don't think i don't think it devalued the championship i think it definitely gave gave more to the argument that anybody could win the title on any given night um and and you know guys aren't going to be you know automatically sent down the card because you know they're not perceived as a as a giant in the land of the giants um, I mean, you know, again, that big gold belt ends up on the, around the waist of Rey Mysterio, mm-hmm. you know, at, you know, at WrestleMania, you know, and he had to win a Royal Rumble to get to that, that spot. So, I mean, this is the same guy who was lawn darted into a uh, camera truck a few years earlier by Kevin Nash. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I don't think it devalued the championship. I think, I think if anything, it, it adds to the lineage of the championship. But now you have so many, you know, such a variety of names that held it. Um, you know, I don't, you know, they didn't, they weren't holding it for, you know, a couple of weeks. I mean, a lot of them were significant runs of a couple of months. Yeah, you um, had Batista, longest yeah. reigning champion. You had Edge, Undertaker. Taker. Mm-hmm. You had all these guys during that ruthless aggression era and past attitude era, kind of like this good, healthy mix of main event talent. 
who are having these banger of matches for the World Heavyweight Championship. And it was looked to be on par, maybe even more so than, w- than the WWE Championship at times. At times, yeah. As a matter of fact, I mean, if you think about it, depending on who was holding each title, I mean, that, that WWE Championship was not always the main event on a WWE program. No, in fact, WrestleMania 20, WrestleMania 21... Uh, um well it was was, yeah that world champion was was the main event i mean go back to wrestlemania um triple h was was in those matches but we're gonna move on right (laughs) but i mean you go back to the wrestlemania um the 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 first one in man i don't it was somewhere it was the one with the one with the opening match with being you know uh sheamus and and daniel bryan and the year before, it was Edge and Del Rio were the opening yeah. match, too. So yeah. that's where I consider that 2010 period. And I, I usually joke about it, but it seems like when Swagger won the championship, Jack Swagger won, that's when mm-hmm. it was a huge drop-off. Just because it seemed like they just had Swagger win the briefcase just to win it. And then for him to cash in as quickly as he did without the necessary buildup because swagger physically American, American. Yeah. He physically had all the tools moveset wise. He was still getting there, but he was still a very solid talent, but he didn't have that personality that you could buy as world heavyweight champion. Okay. Was the champion for you that you said, why is this guy world heavyweight champion? (laughs) David Arquette <laughs> <laughs> in the WWE era. Yeah, bonus, I mean, bonus points if it's not Kali. Yeah, I mean, there, you know, from what we were saying before, there were some people that you know, you're like, why are they champion? Like, you know, we we went from this main event level talent, and you have some guys who were main event level. Uh, sorry, main event level talent that never even got the championship. Like dude, Scott Steiner. Was was a main event level talent in WCW, but he never achieved that level in WWE. So, you know, but then you get guys like like a Jack Swagger, um, like who throw Del Rio in there too. Yeah, Del Rio, like he was WWE champion, yeah. he was World Heavyweight champion, but I don't remember anything. I yeah, uh, Reigns other than losing it to Ziggler, and that's where I was about to say. But and I was about to like, which was. I think it was the world championship that, that Ziggler won when he cashed in, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it gets that period for me, you know, in the, in that, you know, be, in that in that late, you know, that late 2000s, you know, be right, right around before that 2010, 2012 era. Mm-hmm. You get to the, the end of the first decade of the 2000s where I'm like, I don't remember who, you know, if, if certain guys, I know they were champions, but I don't remember which one they held. Because some, because depend, it it became almost like a brand specific championship, but then when they drafted the champion would would go to the other program, and you have to start thinking now is you know it's like almost like if you know going back to your example from before, well you have an AEW championship on a WWE program and a WWE championship on an AEW program, you know it's like mm-hmm. I, it, it goes to my argument that you can't draft championships, you know you want to draft wrestlers that's one thing, but. When, when when the when the championship starts switching brands, it gets so confusing. Yeah, because like you said, with AEW, like they have a partnership since Tony Khan also owns Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. When you see the Ring of Honor champions are to like the 
even for a diehard fan like me and yourself, it mm-hmm. can get confusing sometimes of like, okay, what's going on here? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you have to watch Ring of Honor. I'm like, okay, how do you watch yeah. Ring of Honor? Then it's like, oh, you have to join Honor Club. And I'm yeah. like, what's Honor Club? It's Love. like, oh, it's a streaming service, you know? And then it's just like, all right, there's there's another one. And sometimes it gets a little bit too much at times. So it's <laughs> like I have to pick and choose what I follow just so I don't go yeah. insane. And with the World Heavyweight Championship, this was the last time it main event in the pay-per-view. It's Hell in a Cell 2010, Undertaker versus Kane. Yes. Inside Hell in a Cell. That was the last time it main evented. That was the last time it main evented, uh, to my knowledge. Well, I mean, do we consider when when Cena and Orton I mean, were... the unification match, yeah. obviously. But okay. Like, but so before... before... Before okay, so before it okay, so that's th- three over years. Three years, yeah, of yeah. Not being a main event of a pay per view, it just became so. At that point, then the world WWE world title then elevates up in status, and now the big gold belt world title is dropping in status. Right. And it almost seems like they're seesawing a bit at this point in history. Yeah, it seemed like the yeah. seesaw like WWE Championship up here, mm-hmm. world you know, with- champion like. Not even when, a notch below, like several right. notches below. When when the Triple H's and the Shawn Michaels, you know, and and the Undertakers were holding the big gold belt, it, it was it was a big world championship. When they start when when the the up and coming guys started holding that title, it became a lower card world championship. I think that's safe to say. Yeah, and do you think that's on the wrestlers' part, or do you think that's more on creative or a combination I think it's creative. of both? I think it's creative. I think it's a person. I, I, you know, the wrestlers, you know, I, I, I don't think any of them underperformed as champion. I think that goes to creative. I think it goes to the company. And I'm not even saying creatively when it comes to the stories. I think it's, they, you know, they, they don't do a good job of portraying the championship to mean something. Perception is reality. So, the average fan is not going to perceive it as, as a major championship if it's not perceived to them as a major championship. You know? Like, even take guys like Chris Jericho when he was mm-hmm. that freshly turned heel, suit-wearing Jericho, mm-hmm. and CM Punk when he freshly turned heel. They elevated that championship sure without did. being that staple in the main event scene. And with Jericho, he was in the main event scene before, but he was never really considered a consistent main event player. Right. Same with Punk, because his first reign with the World Heavyweight Championship was. Whew, that was. That's, and that's that's the one where uh, where, where he got punted in the head the night he lost it. Yeah, you know he didn't even really lose it. You know, what right. I mean? It was a creative decision mm-hmm. to, oh, we're protecting him, but at the same time, we're not going to show him the proper respect as World Heavyweight Champion. Right. But during their reigns, uh, respectively, Punk's heel reign and Jericho's heel reign, mm-hmm. they both elevated the championship up where they were main eventing pay-per-views with Jeff Hardy, with mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels. In the case of CM Punk and Jeff Hardy, they weren't considered main event stars at that time, and they main evented SummerSlam for but, crying out loud. And, if, and that was a time where that, that, that world title was on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. You know, and SmackDown was not was was not seen as the headliner show. Raw was. Correct. Yeah, and so I think that that's part of it too, and then that falls on creative, rather than have two brands with two top championships. You have one brand that's seen as superior to the other, 
and their title, you know, if it's always in the main event, it's going to be perceived as always the main main event championship. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying, at least during this time with Punk and Hardy, they were closing out pay-per-views yeah. because of their angle and because of their star status. And that was during the time when the John Cena-Randy Orton feud was still going on. Mm-hmm. So it was almost like a changing of the garden away. And it seemed like if you couldn't find that spark, that storyline that centered around the World Heavyweight Championship, then it was just going to drop in status, like we said before. Is it me or does it always seem to be that at round WrestleMania time too, that the, the, the championships always ended up around the waist? Not always, but for the most part, the championships always seem to wind up around the waist of, you know, I guess you could say established, reliable talent that they know will sell tickets, you know, on the billboard for WrestleMania. Well, yeah, let's take a look at at least the last couple of years of the World Heavyweight Championship. If we're going back to mm-hmm. 2010, around the waist of Jericho, around Elimination Chamber. Yep. Edge, around the same time, uh, from Ziggler when he was handed the championship the first time in February. Then you have Daniel Bryan and Sheamus, and their match lasts 18 seconds. 18 seconds. And then you have... The kiss of death from AJ Lee. And then you have the last time the World Heavyweight Championship was defended in WrestleMania, it was Del Rio versus Swagger. Yeah. Which... Nobody, nobody, remembers. nobody remembers that. They remember, but who was? I think it was like Bill O'Reilly that accused WWE of like racism or something. Well, because that was the storyline, you know, with uh, uncle, you know, with, with Uncle Zeb, Zeb. Yeah. yeah, Uncle Zeb, you know, uh, Zeb Coulter coming out and you know preaching preaching to the the real Americans, you know, and bringing up bringing up border security and 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 all, all those controversial issues. You know, and Del Rio was went in as the hero, uh, trying you know trying to take down the heel Jack Swagger and and uh, Zeb Coulter. And do you think those real life issues hindered some storylines? Because we had the Jeff Hardy issues around the the World Heavyweight Championship too, with his own problems. But now, when you bring those real world issues into a broader scale, and you're putting it into a World Championship picture and it's either a lot of people are going to be behind it or you're not going to attract anybody from behind it. There's, there's two ways you could look at that. It's mm-hmm. wrestling. It's all, they've always had controversy, controversial issues. Um, go back to, you know, the Gulf war and WWF at the time brought back Sergeant slaughter as, you know, a, an Iraqi sympathizer. Right. 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 Um, you know, again, it, it was a pretty major angle, and he became world champion. Um, they didn't, they didn't, and the, they didn't cut the angle uh, short by any means. They even put him with a, uh, you know, General Adnan as well as a uh, Colonel Mustafa, aka the Iron Sheik. Um, you know, but you also had an issue with you know Muhammad Hassan. You know, you know, you know after nine eleven, and that didn't really. He, they, his character never really took off. Yeah. Well, so I, I think I think it took it, off. I think they just kind of like got lazy. Yeah. Uh, with uh, but, his creative, because it was a very interesting concept of Muhammad Hassan being. You know, he's a principal now. Where he was prejudiced against for those attacks, and then mm-hmm. they kind of just made him into a terrorist, which wasn't yes. the character to begin no. with. 
I mean, if you, and, uh, which was a shame because I, apparently the plan was for him to win the championship in SummerSlam right. in yes. Washington D.C. I did read that. Yes, you so, know, I liked the character. Yeah, I thought um, it was fine, but then they kind of like took it in, in a direction where it was so contradictory towards that character. That and again, I think, work. I think as you know, as as we've evolved and they've become, you know, more. I don't want to say mainstream. What's the word I'm thinking of? I guess more socially conscious because of corporate mm-hmm. than they were years ago before it was a corporate entity. Right. I feel now, you know, the sponsorships and, and the ad revenue plays such a big part that controversial topics don't work like they used to for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which could, you know, which brings goes back to Bill O'Reilly and, and, and Jack Swagger, you know? I mean, that could... That was that was a main angle, um, with with a very you know, trendy topic. You know, it's no reason why it shouldn't have drawn heat on a heel who's supposed to be hated. You know, Cause that's the other thing too. People, che- you know, people cheer heels. I mean, so much these days that it's like, what do you have to do to get this guy booed? You know, and that's a very big challenge when the heel you're trying to boo mercifully mercifully uh very badly yeah. is jack swagger who is a charismatic vacuum yeah the all-american american yeah. and that's it yeah. so with the world heavyweight championship what rain disappointed you the most Ooh. Which rain did like so? When when you say disappointed me, do you mean like in, in, as part of you know lack of storyline, or do you mean length of the rain? Lack of storyline, lack of creative. You wish it could have turned out better because there have been like short but sweet rains. Right. I mean, listen. I mean, I mean, look Greg at Kali. Right. Great Kali was the world champion. Right. You know. Um. You know Benoit should have been champion his reign was cut short i mean he didn't he held it till SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. you know at which which was basically the next major pay-per-view after wrestlemania yeah, he held randy orton his first Martin, one yeah not very long it basically was you know randy orton wins it a SummerSlam, and within a month triple h you know after they kicked him out of evolution has the title back so mm-hmm. i mean i think around you know you, you can look at those two reigns as pretty disappointing you know, as far as, you know, th- there was so much missed opportunity. Yeah, I, I, I agree with those two. And I'm going to throw in Dolph Ziggler's reign in there just because it was hindered by injury. Yes. And it was nobody's fault except Jack Swagger because he punted Ziggler in the head. But again, it ain't ballet. Yeah. So it's like it's not, I, I say that I say that in a joking no, sense. But, but uh, I wish that could have been we could have seen where that could have gone. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, there, there was so many, so many opportunities back then. I and mean, I think uh, Rey Mysterio, you could listen to his episode in the archives now. They could have done a lot more with him other they, than they, this constant underdog story. Mm-hmm. Did um try to think? I'm going. I'm trying to think back in my mind. Um, you know, they had, you know, if we go back to those, those that that ruthless aggression era you know when they rebooted ecw too don't forget you know they had a third world championship they had the ecw world championship too you know it was a world championship until it wasn't right (laughs) you know know, so i mean you you think back you know as well because if you remember too or like 
we, we touched on this before, but, you know, RVD, you know, didn't, didn't he win and christen it as an ECW championship? Or am I, because he had money in the bank. He had the money in the bank. Yeah, he, he cashed in and he said the WWE Championship will be renamed the ECW Championship. Was, and the premiere episode of Sci-Fi, they that awarded was him the actual ECW Championship. And RVD's like, I'll keep the WWE Championship because this one spins. Yes. So, I, all right. I couldn't remember if it was WWE or, or the World Championship, which goes back to what we were talking about before when so they switched belts. the brands. <laughs> Too many belts. I don't remember who's got what. So. Yeah. Yeah, but but you know, there's so so many talented guys and so many veterans and and Hall of Famers and you know so many so many great wrestlers have held that that big girl that big gold belt. You know, we didn't even mention all of them. I mean, I was showing you that that one picture I have before the the magazine the autographed uh, PWI with Ricky Steamboat mm-hmm. from the 1989. You know, I mean. So, you know, even you know, so many guys have held that title. I mean, the lineage is just amazing. Speaking of guys who have won the world title, mm-hmm. how about the guys who haven't won the world title? That belt specifically, who do you think was the biggest missed opportunity during that 2002 to 2013 Ooh. era? Ooh. I like I See, that's a good question, right? I mean, because you again look at the guys who did win it, but let's think for a second who who didn't win it. You know, because I got a couple in mind. You know, I mean, I guess we could we could start with RVD. Yeah. You know, because he never you know going back to thirty seconds ago, he never won that one. You know, you could you yeah, could definitely have he was especially for a time the most popular star on Raw. Yeah. In WWE and. They didn't strike when the iron is hot. Again, no. a lot of shoulda, coulda, wouldas with him. Uh, Sheldon Benjamin's another one that I thought could have okay. uh, been a world world champion, and people were like, "Oh, he doesn't. He didn't have Mike skills to talk." I'm like, "Look, a lot of people won the world title without yeah. <laughs> having the I mean, proper verbal skills." But Sheldon Benjamin definitely was impressive. I, how about Eddie Guerrero? Never had the world title. He, he could have been another one. You yeah. know, he was a WWE championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially when he finally got it all together, you know, yeah. it's, it's so crazy. Again, you can listen to the Eddie Guerrero episode in the archives with Eddie, just how quickly he put everything together since his return to WWE in 2002. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but other was, guys everything was clicking, yeah. clicking on all cylinders for him. Yeah. And other guys who haven't held the world title, uh, just going off uh, John, John Morrison, is one. Yeah. Uh, Drew McIntyre. Mm. Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Uh, he might, he he may have, he's going to have an opportunity for the new world title pretty soon. Yeah. So maybe, but not the big, the big gold one. The big new gold one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I mean. With, with him, like as the chosen one, he was pegged as a future world champion. And then that kind of fell off a cliff. Kind of a, apparently, he was supposed to win the Money in the Bank, that Swagger one. Okay. So, but Drew got in trouble with his wife at the time, Tiffany, the ECW GM at that time, and that kind of like cost him the shot. Okay. So we have Drew McIntyre to thank for the Jack Swagger World Heavyweight Championship run. 
can we uh i mean if we're to- so if we're talking about wrestlers who never never won the world championship and we want to link that with failed money in the bank cash-ins can we throw mr kennedy on there absolutely we can we can throw mr. his his whole character at the time was he beat six former world heavyweight champions, champions. yeah exactly yeah you I'm know i'm kind of insulted that uh I didn't think of it before, but yeah, Mr. Kennedy was definitely the biggest probably yeah. missed opportunity at that time for the world heavyweight championship. Same with MVP. Yeah. And I mean, Damian Sandow missed, missed out on his cash in as well. Yeah. You know, it's just like one of those things where again, right place, right time. And then he was right place, wrong time. True. I mean, gold dust never won it either. So <laughs> what was your, or who was your favorite world heavyweight champion during that era? I mean, listen, we, we already said before I'm, I'm a Triple uh, H guy. God. Um, but any rain, any rain yeah, in particular? To, listen to me, the leader of evolution. You know, uh, world champion brought credibility to the title. You know, when it first came back. Uh, but I, but so let's change it to guys I associate with that championship. Okay. I associate Batista with that championship. I associate, um, I associate Undertaker with and Edge with that championship as well. Yeah, I agree. They those three during that time of yeah. that SmackDown era definitely did carry the championship lineage. Yes, very well. Because on the throw... other branch, you had, on the other branch, you had you had John Cena and the spinning belt. Yeah, I'm gonna throw in uh, Jericho in there. He was very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, suit and tie Jericho. Like I said, Punk, when he was straight edge society or developing that straight edge society, very good as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it. I'm trying to think of the later champions. Like, I like Christian's run, but it could have been a lot better. Yeah. I almost um, feel, see, now I almost feel like that Christian run was almost like, uh, hey, uh, Edge is retiring and we need somebody in this spot. So let's just give it to Christian. Yeah, and then him and Randy Orton had an excellent feud for the they World sure did. Championship. Which brings me to my next question. What feuds do you associate with this World Heavyweight Championship? So, with that, you know, I, I associate the Shawn Michaels Triple H with the world title. Um, Shawn Michaels with his bowl haircut at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and his weird trunks um in 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 a elimination chamber i associate um you know edge and the undertaker they had had some great matches you know batista and um anyone who he was wrestling for that title um batista undertaker yeah batista triple h yep i was i was just about to bring up the, the batista triple h uh hell in the cell great match phenomenal now that's match. how you blow that's how you blow off a rivalry heck yeah and then without a doubt cm punk jeff hardy yeah fantastic mm-hmm. fantastic fabulous randy Orton, christian we did uh yeah i mean there, there, it, there's been a lot of great feuds for the world heavyweight championship and it's a shame that it kind of i wouldn't say the world heavyweight championship in wwe ended on a whimper think so i mean it got it got unified yeah it did get unified but it definitely wasn't in the same position as it was when it was first introduced correct which could be one of the reasons why it was unified yeah you know how did you 
like that final World Heavyweight Championship match with John Cena and so, Randy Orton at TLC? I'm a big fan, and, and we've spoken about this. So I think you know where I'm going with this. I, I'm I'm a big fan of less, less champions, you know, than more champions. So I like unifying the World Championship and the, the, the WWE Championship. And I like having that one unified champion that goes on all brands. So that being said, I, I was a big fan of your two guys who at the time, you know, they were the two biggest guys there. You know, they were two guys that had come up from developmental. They're both future Hall of Famers. Um, either man could break Ric Flair's record at any point. Um, you know, two guys that you couldn't have picked two better guys on the roster to unify the championships with. Um, you know, and then that visual of, of, you know, Randy Orton, you know, walking into WrestleMania 30 with two belts in his hands, you know, is, is a, you know, classic, you know, that Daniel Bryan with a yes chance with two belts in his hands, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a big fan when there's a unified championship to have two belts, you know, to me, when you create a new belt for a unified champion, it doesn't have the luster that the previous two belts have because you don't know who, what you're associating with it. Do you think WWE unified them too late? And if they did, do you? what period of time did you think was the appropriate time to retire the championship? I think the time to do it would have been after the invasion when they were unifying all the championships at that point. When they had all the WCW championships in, um, you know, you had WCW tag team champions, you had the US champions, you had the, they even brought the TV championship, they had all, the cruiserweight champion. The only tap championship that didn't get, you know, unified with something, I guess you'd say its counterpart, was the world championship. But I think that would have been the time to do it. Um, you know, in, in a, you know, and instead, you know, sorry. Um, you know, that would have been the time to do it though. Mm-hmm. Red, you know, um, yeah. like hindsight's always twenty twenty, but in your opinion, the big gold belt shouldn't have been brought back to WWE in 2002. Nah. Um, that would, I think that would have been a time to maybe make a new belt. Mm, okay. That could have been the time to make a new belt and start. If if you were going to ignore the lineage to begin with, that would have been a time to bring in a new belt. Okay. You know, I mean, again, I just work here. I'm yeah, not. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's just all a matter. Yeah, it's all a matter of opinion. We all agree that it's yeah. a beautiful championship belt, probably one of yeah. the best championship belts wrestling has ever produced us. But again, if you're not going to honor the past yeah yeah if you're just gonna throw it on just to throw it on for nostalgia's sake right you know and it just kind of seemed like triple h was kind of going through the horseman playbook a little bit which is almost in my opinion the reason why they gave him that belt because he was the 2002 rick flair Mm -hmm. and it was a little bit too on the nose no no pun intended (laughs) for triple h no but and again, it's easy to give a championship like that to arguably the top guy in the company at that point and say, all right, recreate history. And it's hard to recreate history 
when that history you're trying to recreate is using the same book, the same Correct. belt. Yes. <laughs> you know, it, it, it just, it's counterproductive in a way. Like it'll get the old fans talking, but you just kind of put a WWE logo on top of the big gold belt. Right. It's like you know? taking a post-it, put a post-it on it, basically. Yeah, yeah. it's like that's that, that's all it takes, you know. But overall, the World Heavyweight Championship, if you were to give it a grade over making stars, making memorable feuds, making memorable matches, what would you grade it? Like Wait, you could go in different how far back in his, like how, how far back in history can I go? We're we're just going O two to uh, twenty fifteen. Okay. So we're not we're, so we're not really going back in history and looking at the guys that held it before O two. Yeah, we're just looking back okay. at the WWE branded. Okay, so we're not looking at the flares and the steamboats and Barry Windham and Sting. We're not looking at any of those. Yeah, that's a whole okay. different beast to conquer. Because that's the lineage, yeah. right? We're looking at when it was brought in in two thousand two. Right. As far as you know, I mean, listen. Um, I don't think anybody who held that title, you know, was not worthy of holding that title, you know, when, you know, for the most part, I think, you know, they, they were all established stars. Um, you know, I, you know, you have, you know, I think at the beginning when it was bounced between, you know, Triple H and Shawn Michaels, you know, two Hall of Famers, you know, um, gives credibility to that new title. I think Edge, um, Undertaker, you know, Batista, Rey Mysterio. I mean, I don't, I don't think the wrestlers, you know, I don't think the title made the wrestlers. I think each one of them as, as, as wrestlers, you know, gave to that title, you know, um, right, it's, right. A sh you know, like I said, it's, it's a shame that, that's, you know, some reigns got caught cut shorter than, than others. I think it's, you know, some guys, you know, missed or missed opportunities for various reasons. But I think the guys, you know, I, I would say that overall, you know, for the most part, only because we went through some years where that title dropped in credibility, you know, I mean, can I give it a solid B plus for that? Yeah, you could give it. It's a I, B plus player title. You know, because I think for, because I think, I, I, you know, when we, cause we mentioned some, you know, just some of those reigns that, that are just, they weren't memorable, you know, towards, you know, towards the end. Yeah. Cause at the time when the world heavyweight championship was on raw SmackDown, whatever you have, at least during the beginning, it got kind of a reputation for being cursed because yeah. triple H was injured at the time. And then when it moved over to SmackDown, Batista got hurt and he injured, had to vacate yes. it. And then Rey Mysterio was hurt when he got it. When yep. Kurt Angle got it, he was only a couple months away from leaving. Yep. And then yep. I think there was like this weird time where it's like when everybody vacated the title, like a battle royal was held so they could crown maybe, the new champion. Maybe, maybe that's why Brock got rid of it after after one day. He yeah. didn't want <laughs> a lot of baggage going on there. Maybe Brock didn't want to get hurt. So he was like, he's like, I don't want it. You take it. You know? and, but before, with the World Heavyweight Championship, they did treat it like it an went, equal, look, yeah, an and equal portion of the WWE Championship. I, I would get, you know, if we if we could take away the, the last few years of it, I would have given it a solid A because for years it was the main event of the pay per views. Mm -hmm. But 
in the last, you know, the last few years, it, it went from the main event to some forgotten matches even. And it forgotten kind of teams. felt like the Intercontinental Championship. An, another, we, we can, and we could do a whole show on that. Yeah, we will. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry, we will. <laughs> I mean, there's some, you know, and, and again, I don't blame the wrestlers. I, I blame the creative. Just, you know, they went through a time period where creative just could not book championships. And especially during that time where the Intercontinental Championship was in limbo. Yeah. Creatively. And they weren't doing anything with anything. the Intercontinental Championship. So the World Heavyweight Championship almost became like Intercontinental mm-hmm. Championship light with yes. it being like the workhorse title because you had Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. You had Sheamus, even though his reign wasn't really universally acclaimed. Right. And then C- and Cena finished it off and dropped it to Orton. Yeah. You know, and again, I, and that's, why, and that's why I'm giving it a B plus just because it went from those those main event years to you know the last couple of, of forgotten years. I I'm gonna get I'm giving it a B plus. I'm not gonna go lower. Um, mm-hmm. and I think it's fair. I think it's a fair grade. Yeah, as, I agree. It definitely teacher, did I'm help. Good at that. It did help make stars go to that next level. Yeah. Helped help Punk, help Brian, especially yeah. during those like last years. It helped solidify Rey Mysterio it as will. a main event player. And not it just helped, a not just a cruiserweight. Yeah, it helped a lot of guys. It helped Edge tremendously too. Mm-hmm. So much so that that championship became his championship. Yep. So I mean, what is he like a thirteen-time champion? Yes, like ridiculous number. And it just goes to show, even though it was damaged prestige-wise throughout that year, it really did help mold current crop of WWE. When when which championship did Edge win when him and Lita had the live sex celebration on Raw? Was it that, that the world the title? Ah, yeah. again, because they wanted to have credibility and class with the world championship. You know, WWE <laughs> was always uh, a classy company. You know, no no smud and filth no, in <laughs> WWE. Not with that world championship. There was no live Ooh. sex celebration. No, we Edge did have a Mardi Gras celebration yeah, with that. Which he yes he did. And then he tore his pack. <laughs> yes, he did. Those were the Vicky when he was with Vicky Guerrero at that time. Yes. Yeah. Which you know, if you remember that one WrestleMania main event where uh, it was Edge, the Big Show versus Cena. Yeah. In that triple threat, and do you remember John Cena picking up Edge and the Big Show at the same time? For I for do. The, yeah. It was you know, a crazy amount of strength that he had. Yeah, and to put. To put the Big Show and Edge on top of him, and the, the two of them on his shoulders, you know, mm-hmm. I mean that was that's and you know, go back to images that you you put with that championship. That's one right there. We didn't even think about. What other images do you have of that World Heavyweight Championship? Like, what wrestling moments do you have? WrestleMania twenty, Benoit. So you know, where he's got that shame. belt. Where he's got that belt and Eddie's got the WWE belt and the two of them are in the ring with the confetti. Yeah, it's a shame that memory is buried in history. Yeah. Good reason, you know. Uh, yeah, it's one of those things where he tarnished his legacy. Yeah, you know, um, and that's a sh- it's such a shame, you know, because um, that that could have been a classic, you know, that could have been a classic moment that they'd have on the, uh, you know, the beginning of every episode with a, you know, then now forever. Uh, yeah, it, it all. You know, it, 
like it was for a while, and then Benoit did what he did, and yeah. unfortunately, that's what happened. But another, because I don't want this episode to be a downer right now. Yeah, no, no, let's yeah. not do that. Other images that are with the World Heavyweight Championship are we'll definitely Batista. Batista finally winning the World Championship yep. at WrestleMania 21 because that was one of those slow burn yes. story arcs that we're now getting back to. We know the you bloodline back... storyline, right? I mean, that was you know that was a great one where you know he wins the Rumble and Flair and, and Triple H are trying to convince him to go wrestle for the WWF title or WWE title on SmackDown, and uh, yeah. you know, and he's like, "No, Hunter, I choose you." <laughs> You know, like that was phenomenal. There have always been such good moments with the World Heavyweight Championship. And yeah. I'm glad it didn't go out on a whimper. But yeah. again, like we said, it wasn't. It just wasn't the same after those last couple of years. I mean, like I said, it's definitely not on the level of the 24-7 championship. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It didn't just vanish. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it got, it got unified. So it had it had a happy ending. And we're gonna have some more, say more it, happy say memories it. of. Nope, I'm not gonna say. It. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it. We're gonna have some more happy memories with this new World Heavyweight Championship because by are. the time this is recorded, we probably all saw the Seth Rollins Damian Priest yes. World Heavyweight Championship match. And congratulations for congratulations for Seth Rollins for retaining the championship. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, you're probably gonna see. You know, um, him and Finn Balor. I think this is leading to him, you know, and Finn Balor at uh, at Money in the Bank, you know? Yeah. I think that, can, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, lead to that and Balor, him and McIntyre. Tire. There's a bunch of different directions because this new... Can I go out, can I go out on a limb yeah. and, and say that we'll probably see McIntyre return at Money in the Bank since it's in England? And we'll probably... And that could, that, you know, he can maybe even interfere and get involved. I'd love to see that, you know. I and that could lead to a SummerSlam match. Yeah, I love Drew McIntyre and mm -hmm. his progression over the years yes. of being a hard-hitting brawler. And I hope he does stay with WWE. Yes, and I hope he comes back as a heel because I always liked I always liked heel Drew McIntyre. Yeah, um, and just seeing that different intensity, that fire. Yes, you and know. As long as Cody Rhodes stays far away from it as possible. Yes, yes, without a doubt. That is. That is what I stand my ground on. But that has been the World Heavyweight Championship, the big gold belt in WWE. Seth, do you have anything to say to the people? Richie, thanks for having me on again. I look forward to being a uh, I look forward to being a three time, three Ooh. time, three time co host with you uh, in the yes. future. Um, hopefully hopefully the two or three people that listened to the last one I was on. We'll, we'll listen to this one, too, and you'll invite me back. Yeah, of course. This is going to be top rated. Are you kidding me? I hope so, man. You got two, two, two great wrestling minds, well, you know, at the same time. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Always great having a knowledgeable person like yourself always bouncing off wrestling with you. Thank you, sir. Great being here. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of Wrestling Retold and Relived. I, of course, am your host, Richie Mars. Y'all have a great day. TTFN, ta-ta for now.